I was getting pinch hit for sometimes. And but they'd play my walk up song <laughs> because they thought like I'd be on deck and they'd pinch hit for me. So they'd play my walk up song, not announce me, and they would boo. <laughs> they hear when they hear when Pittsburgh hears Fat Bottom Girls by Queen, they just naturally boo. You hear, oh, won't you take me? Boo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like in the back, I'm like, ah, maybe like someone else is hitting, guys. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 205 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And well, we've had this guy on the show before, just not as a Texas Ranger till now. Congrats, Austin Hedges. Hi. Hi. Thanks. Yeah. That was interesting. One day you wake up in your last place in a division. Couple hours later, you're in first place in a division. This whole teleporting thing's pretty cool, isn't it? Mm, teleporting, yeah. Long winning streak. It's nice. It's nice. It's been fun. All right. So, how'd this whole thing go down? You know, it's funny that we haven't even really got a chance to talk since, and uh, uh, I haven't got to tell you that you told me I got traded, technically. You really? technically broke the news. So I'm in, I'm sitting around all day. I'm at PNC Park, like kind of like you can see the writing on the wall. Like, you know, some, something's probably going to get done, hearing whispers here and there. And then at like, I don't know, the deadline was at six. So this is probably like five, 5.15 maybe. I'm in, I'm in our manager, Derek Shelton's office. And we're just kind of hanging out like, you know, both of us kind of have an idea what's probably about to happen. Uh, but we just don't know uh, where that's going to be. Um, and so I'm literally sitting in there just like talking, like being like, all right, when am I going to find out? How am I going to find out? And I feel my phone buzz. And I'm like, oh, maybe, I don't know, see what happens. And it's Chris Rose with a picture of some dude in a cowboy hat wearing no shirt, doing something like this. Like, <laughs> like this guy's going to pick you up at the airport. I'm like, I think that means Rangers. Let me, then I go on to MLB trade rumors and it says it on MLB trade rumors. And then I tell Shelton, I'm like, I think I got traded to the Rangers. And then he gets on his phone and he goes, yeah, confirmed. <laughs> no, you had been traded to the Chippendales. So Man. congratulations. That would have been awesome. Man, you told me, bro. Okay. Well, I'm happy that I could be a part of history. Um, that's kind of cool. I got to admit, that's that's pretty neat. Uh, even though you had an idea, when it happens, now this has happened before with you. You got traded from the Padres to the then Indians. Um, is it like a wave of emotions? Are you unsettled? Are you excited? Take us through the whole thing. Um, well, th there were definitely two different... Uh two different situations. I think um, San Diego at first, I mean, drafted by them had been there for 10 years. Um, didn't really anticipate a trade either. Um, you know, COVID year. So that was really weird. Um, and I'm in the, we're, we're actually having our fantasy football draft, our team fantasy football draft. Uh, and I'm the commissioner of the leagues. So I'm running the whole thing. I'm announcing the picks. Like, this is like, in, in the big leagues, fantasy football draft is like second Christmas to a lot of people. It's like, this is, this is a big day. And so like, I'm stoked to be leading it. And in the middle of the draft, the Padres traded four two catchers, but I was not involved in it, either of those trades. And I was like, this is really interesting. I'm not really sure what's happening right now. So I like had to go up to somebody and was like, Hey, can, can you take over as commissioner? Cause I need to go see uh, where I'm going to be working tomorrow. Uh, end up getting end up getting traded the next morning um, to Cleveland, um, you know, and and that was like that was just weird because like it was uh, I've been there for so long, you know, I I lived at home, you know, lived in San Diego, so like it was it was a whirlwind and during COVID, so it was like we got traded and went right into a bubble, you know, in Cleveland, love Cleveland, absolutely love Cleveland, but Cleveland's not San Diego, and you know this, Rosie. And Not. so I was like, holy crap, what am I getting myself into? Um, 
and ended up being amazing. Obviously, like my time in Cleveland was as much fun as I've ever had. Um, but then uh, this one was a little different because, you know, I was in Pittsburgh for, you know, a few months um, and things didn't quite go as well as as we wanted it to go, um, you know, both as a team and for be, me personally. Um, and the team has two amazing young, talented catchers. So it was like, I knew that when I signed there, like they got two guys that are like basically big league ready right now that that are going to be really good. Um, so once they got to the big leagues, like it was clear what my path was there. Um, and so it was just, it, it was different in the sense where it was like, it was clear that they needed to give these guys the, the opportunity that they deserved. Um, and, you know, it was probably best for my career um, to, to go, you know, help somewhere else. And that somewhere else is a team that is willing to spend that also traded for Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery. And I mean, no BS, they are going for it. They are stepping on the accelerator, even without Jacob deGrom. So when you know that you now have a chance to win the whole freaking thing, I imagine it's like a jolt of energy going through your body, isn't it? Oh man. Yeah. It's uh Win, there's nothing like winning in the big leagues. There's, there's, there's just nothing like it. I got my first real taste last year um, and make a little playoff run. And um, it's, there's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like playoff baseball um, and feeling like you really got a shot to go do the reason why we play this game. That's the one world series. Every single guy is playing this game uh, and starting each season with the same goal. And that's the win a world series. And, you know, to, to be able to, to have the opportunity with the team that, um, you know, has a great shot at doing so. And it's truly like, that's their, that's their obvious motivation for the season. Um, I don't know. It, it buys into everything that I stand for. And, uh, you know, my first week here has been incredible. So when you walk into the locker room, you're a real shy guy. What sort of stance do you take when you're the new dude and you have boundless enthusiasm? Is it, do you have to, do you have to slow roll it? Or can you be exactly who you are in minute one? <laughs> I try and slow roll it. I'm like, all right, man, like have some self-awareness, have some feel. Like you're going into a clubhouse where, you know, you just came from a team where you had like the third most service time. And now you're on a team and you got like the 12th most service time. And just slow your roll, like feel it out. And, you know, I feel like I did a decent job, but I just like, I don't know, like I came in and the guys are awesome and it gets me excited. And when I get excited, I just like can't control myself. And I'm just like excited <laughs> with everyone. And I'm, I'm loud. Like I can't control the volume of my voice. So I'm loud. And, but you know, it's all in good fun. And um, the guys here have been awesome, super welcoming. So um, it's been a really easy transition, uh, but you know, I'm, do I'm doing my best to not, not go, uh, full hog on them to begin with have you played with any of the guys in there um mainly travis jankowski we, we basically came up together we played every level uh low way through low way through triple a to the big leagues together in in san diego and he's my guy um so it's, it's been great to catch up with him today's episode of the chris rose rotation sponsored by our friends over at shady rays i want you to take on the sun with gear that is built to last in fact, our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. And did you know, right now, you can get 30% off the custom Jimmy and Jake collab Shady Rays paired with the code JM30. Go get it. It's their own. It's got little signatures on it. They look great. I recently saw them at Floorball. Now, Shady Rays offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair ever worn. Durable frames crystal clear optics, and they've got the best thing ever. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of shades backed by lost and broken replacements, even on day one of purchase. So what does that mean? You leave them somewhere, you break them when you sit down in your car, doesn't matter. Shady Rays will replace them. No questions asked. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays giving out their best deal of the season. So head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use the code ROSE for 50% off two-plus pair of polarized shades. And 
You can get 30% off the limited edition Jimmy and Jake collab shades. Use the code JM30. You want to look good. You want to feel good. You want a company that's got your back at any time of the day. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Is there somebody who, I know it's only been a week, but with whom you've kind of bonded with a little bit so far, where you're like, oh man, dude's awesome. Wish I had met him a little earlier in my career. There's there's a lot of them. Honestly, like it's a, I, I, I could list, I could list 10 dudes off, but one of the ones that I was told that I was going to like from uh, Will Myers is Will Smith. Will Smith, our closer, is just the man. Like, Everything he does is just he's a pro. He's hilarious. He goes out there in the ninth inning and he just gets the job done like he's been doing for forever. And uh, uh, I've really enjoyed hanging out with him. Cool. Uh, tonight, I think Scherzer goes. We're, t- we're taping on a Tuesday. you know if you'll have a chance to catch him? Not today. I'll be, uh, I think I'm going to be in there tomorrow with Montgomery. Okay. How much do you want to catch Scherzer? Oh, man, dying to. He, uh, the, the, the intensity is really at second to none. Uh, the preparation, the, the meetings, uh, b- before the day, the, the bullpens that he throws, the work, just everything is just intentful and, uh, and it just really intense too. Um, and there's a reason why he's, you know, he's 39 years old and he's still, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league. Um, and I've just been kind of, Watching, observing, you know, try and try and learn anything I can from uh, even without talking to him um, from a guy that's you know is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and uh, you know I'm excited to watch him pitch tonight. And if I get back there and catch him, it'll be super fun. Um, you also get to join. I mean, you've got at least one future Hall of Famer in Scherzer that's in that clubhouse. I. Certainly think you could probably make an argument or some guys are probably on their way as players. You are definitely playing for a Hall of Fame manager in Bruce Bochy. What was the first conversation like with Boch? Just came into his office and, uh, you know, like it kind of the first thing I thought it was like this guy, like kind of gives the same same feel as, as Tito, where like just like poised, like confident just made me feel like we've made it clear what, what the expectation was for at least the next few days. Um, and, you know, I have the utmost respect for him and, um, and obviously it, it's, it's, it's proven why, why he's so good with what he's been able to do with this ball club. Um, and, you know, I, he's, he just, he, he does his job the way that, that, um, you know, I've learned to, to really think managers should do. And I think he does a great job and, um, I haven't really got a chance to talk to him a whole lot. Um, but you know, obviously I have the, the utmost respect for him. Hey G, there's been a lot of talk in the sport, the last 24 to 48 hours circling around the white Sox and leadership in the clubhouse and what it should look like. And Pedro Griffal, their manager, their rookie manager coming out and saying, you know, the guys I thought I could count on, I really couldn't count on. Did you hear that? I didn't hear that actually. Basically, what he said. I'm. It's pretty much word for word. If you had to walk into a clubhouse where a manager just said that a bunch of about a bunch of guys who were traded away, but you were still around, would you have to go talk to the manager and be like, "Hold on here"? Yeah, that's that's tough, man. It's it's. To me, like on your team, whether it's whether it's manager, player, coach, like when it's time to talk to the media, it is one hundred percent like blindly have your your boys' backs. That's just what you do. Like you just have your boys' backs. Um, and you know, when 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 you start when you start pointing the finger, really, it's like it's it's just it's 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 a tough look because it's just it's, you're not you're not taking any accountability. You know, it's all it's it's always your fault. It's always my fault. And if I think the best teams and the best clubhouses like would make it. So if something happened, every single guy thinks it's their fault and will own up to that. And when you do that, like it's, that's when people like, if I'm like, Oh man, that was, it's my fault that things aren't going well like this. And the next guy goes, you know, it was my fault. Cause I didn't do this. The next guy says, it's my fault. I didn't do this. 
Like that's how you truly come together. And like, they're like, I got to keep going. And it's like, no, it's you, 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 and you, ah, man, that's just, uh, you know, on a human being level, not just like baseball level, like that's, that's going to rub people really the wrong way. And, um, you know, from a leadership standpoint, like I just, it's, it's just not a great way of leading really. So what does the percentage fall on? Like, I do agree with him that like a lot of the leadership does have to come from the guys within, right? And when you hold yourselves accountable as players, then that's a big deal. But then what percentage you, you've told me how much you loved playing for Tito because guys believed in him and believed what was coming out of his mouth. So what, like, how do we break this up in terms of understanding it in the clubhouse? How much leadership has to come from the manager how much has to come from the players? Majority players, vast, vast majority players. I think the I think great managers, one of their best skill sets is they delegate and they let their coaches coach, let their players play. And then they're there to just be the man, the boss, the 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 rock that is always consistent. Every day you are the exact same. You know what you're gonna get and you're prepared. And I think that is what it takes to be a big league manager because there's so many games and it's not like a football season where you're going to, you're not relying on to go and give the the miracle speech every game to fire the boys up. It's like, you're not playing once a week. Like we have a game every day. So like, you're really just a lot of the times out of the way behind the scenes, leading everything without even people noticing. And then when you go into the dugout as the man, you just exude your presence as like, this is, this is my club. I'm the boss. I'm the manager. And, everybody knows it and then let everybody, the coaches then do their job and the players then do their job. So, you know, ideally like it's, it really is up to kind of the players to dictate that because if, if they're not doing it, then it might lead a manager to have to do more than he really should to go try and win a big league ball game or, or win in a season. Um, So, but I mean, I'd probably say at least 75 is player led, man. It's gotta be, it's gotta be just, they're the, they're the guys in the clubhouse and, and got to go do it every day. You, you just got, you got to figure it out somehow. And and we have really good player leadership and everyone is, you know, feels like they can hold themselves accountable. Um, I don't know. It just, it, it seems to me like it's that, that just leads to, um, <laughs> it just leads to wins really. Who is the best player leader that you have been around and what made them so great? Um, probably Eric Hosmer. Eric oh. Hosmer is, uh, just gets it, man. It's every day is the same. Um, he's every bit as good with the Latin guys as he is with the American guys. And I think that's just super impressive to be able to like, you know, speak just enough Spanish, but go out of his way to like really communicate with, with the Latin community. And, um, and they loved him. And, um, and, you know, when you can impact, uh, everybody in the clubhouse, not just the guys that uh, you speak the same language as that, that, that really goes a long way. Um, but the, he just, he could command a room whenever, whenever Haas spoke up, you know, you sat up a little straighter in your seat. You're like, okay, like I want to listen like this guy, this guy's got me. This guy cares about me. Um, this guy plays every single day. Um, so, you know, you got to be able to, to me, the best guys, they can, they can command a room and they speak. Like you can tell, like you can feel it. People listen. But also, like they're they're doing the they're doing their thing behind the scenes when no one's watching to prepare to uh, you know just go be a go be an everyday guy. Um, and Haas was maybe the best, probably the best I've seen at it. Interesting, because he was a whipping boy in San Diego. Yeah, it's terrible, terrible how they treated him there. Absolutely terrible. Uh, just they just didn't understand what they had. Um, and if you ask any of his teammates there throughout that whole time. Um, 100% of the ones that I've talked to would say the exact same thing I'm saying right now. Um, and the thing that that guy brought to a room, to a, to a team is it's worth wins. Um, and you know, but if you're, but if your OPS isn't, isn't sexy enough for, for some of the, for some of the nerds, then, um, you're just not a valuable player. And in, in my mind, Eric Hosmer is an extremely valuable player and still is. Do you think that bothered him a lot? Yeah, had to, had to as a human and you wouldn't be able to tell, um, you know, if you got to talk to him personally, I'm sure he'd be able to tell you some things, but, um, but yeah, absolutely. It, you, you, you couldn't tell, but 
when when you when you're like when you're putting like more so than like baseball like talent stuff out there you're putting like your heart and your soul out there like 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 a guy like he does where like you're truly caring about the the people uh, on the team um, and you're investing into that whether it's going good or bad for you whether the media is treating you good or bad all these things that are like feel like a tax on you you're the guy making all this money and they're just wearing you out and then you couldn't even tell with him, man. You just couldn't really tell. It was really impressive. Um, but um, from a distance, every single guy that was there that was watching it happen was just like, it was disgusting. It was like, this guy doesn't deserve this. Um, you know, uh, it, it's too bad. See, people seem to uh, not really know what, what type of value that type of guy brings. But can you understand why it happened? Absolutely. From a business perspective, yeah. If you want to look at... There's you, you can't argue numbers to a certain extent. Um, I get that. Um, you know, I think there's a way more human element um, than probably most uh, front office guys would think. Um, but that's the that's that's from playing the sport. And I think the a lot of the guys that played this game for a while like truly know what what that means. Um, but at the same time, if you're trying to go to an arbitrator in court, you're not going to win that argument when numbers say you do this other player does this, this other player is better than you. And it's like, yep, that's fine. I, there's no argument, but it doesn't mean there's, there's more of an argument than, than just what the black and white says. As y'all know, Bally sports, the home of local baseball coverage. What does that mean? Uh, Brewers fans, they watch the Brew Crew in Milwaukee, thanks to Bally's. Fans in Detroit, they watch the Tigers, thanks to Bally's. It's how Marlins fans watch their team as well. And with the new pitch clock rules, game has changed for the better, right? The tempo is better. There's more action. There's more athleticism. There's a faster pace. We all love it. There's just one little problem with the pitch clock era. There's no time to drink those big old tall boys anymore. So shorter games have now called for shorter beers. That's right. Bally Sports is having a short boy summer. That's why Bally Sports has created these things. 8.4 ounce can of delicious baseball beer. It's crisp. It's refreshing. The can is stubby yet substantial and only available in selected markets. So shorter games, shorter beers. It's time for your short boy summer. Watch shorter games on Bally Sports and streaming on the Bally Sports app as well. And cheers to you. There has always been, and I have made this point countless times, in part because I worked with a guy for a decade whose value wasn't strictly his ability to work the strike zone and to hit your homers. Kevin Millar was a glue guy. And you're a glue guy. You know, you happen to be a really good defensive catcher, and this year, actually, I think statistically, you're the best defensive catcher in baseball. But part of the reason that you are in the big leagues is because you can keep a locker room together. You know how to work a pitching staff. You know how to get the best out of people. And I imagine when I heard the boos in Pittsburgh when you were coming up to the plate that that hurt like hell. Yeah, that sucked, dude. That was that was wild. That was I, I didn't expect that. That uh, uh, you know, I was really excited to play in Pittsburgh this year. My mom, uh, my mom grew up there, uh, and so I grew went there all the time. And you know, there's a you know, went to went to Pirates games with my with my grandpa who passed away. Like it was like just really it was really cool. So I was really excited for this year, and you know, things just. Uh, didn't go as well for me offensively as, as, as I wanted. Um, and the second, the second they started calling up some catchers, uh, man, the fans just like, but it was like out of nowhere on one day, like, I'm wondering, like, was there like a, like a, like a group text? Like, did they all, how did they all know? Like you hear, like, did people just hear boo? Like, Oh, boo, boo. Like, let's just boo. It was like, it was really, really in sync. Like they were like, all right, everybody, here we go. It's time. We're booing Hedgy every time now. Here we go. And they did. And I, I like threw me off of it. I'm like, what? Why? Like, what? This is, is my it's all my fault. I'm like, all right, but it was uh 
it was tough because it was something I'd never had. I, I've had to overcome a lot in this game, just like everybody has had to overcome a lot. Um, if you're gonna if you're gonna be in the big leagues, it's 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 really really hard. Um, so everybody's going through a lot every day. But this was one that um, I didn't really necessarily know how to overcome uh, for a little bit. Um, you know, I take a lot of pride in being able to like you know, breathe, like be present, like be able to be a pro. And that was one of the ones where like, now I kind of put things into perspective for me, for some guys that just get flat out booed every at bat they go on the road, no matter where they are. Um, and that's tough. Or just the, 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 the one that stings though is the, is when the home fans do it. When you're playing at home and they're doing it, you're like, golly, man. Like, cause it's, if you get to lean on your home fan base, like, that's like an energy momentum thing that that actually helps make you better. Like, all right, home game, fine, nice crowd. My walk-up song, crowd gets to go wild. It got to the point where I was getting pinch hit for sometimes, and but they'd play my walk-up song <laughs> because they thought like I'd be on deck and they'd pinch hit for me, so they play my walk-up song, not announce me, and they would boo. <laughs> they hear when they hear when Pittsburgh hears "Fat Bottom Girls" by Queen, they just naturally. Boom! You hear, oh, won't you take me? Boom! <laughs> and I'm like in the bag, I'm like, ah, maybe like someone else is hitting, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's funny. It's funny. funny. It, it, it got comical, uh, but it was tough, bro. It was, uh, it was tough. So how did you, um, how did you shake that off? What did you do? Did you talk to your wife about it? Did you talk to, I don't know if there's a team therapist, like how do you deal with that? Yeah. I talked to, talk to my wife, talk to my parents, talk just the people that I trust uh, in the, in the pirates have a great mental skills guy too. Um, and so I was talking to him a little bit. I was like, dude, like I have, I did, I'm usually pretty good at responding some to failure and the things that aren't going well. But I was like, dude, like, I'm not really sure what to do here. Cause like I'm walking up to home plate and like, it's already hard enough for me to like, you know, have my plan, my approach to hit, what am I going to do? Like it, it's fucking really hard to do. So I, but I don't really know what to do to this one. Cause as I'm going up there, I'm trying to get my plan in my head and go do something that's really hard. And then that happens. And it's like, it just gets me off my plan and I'm having a hard time getting back present. Um, and it, probably, a couple weeks in, you know, it probably, it took longer than I would have liked to be able to respond to it, but probably maybe a week or two into it all happening. Um, I felt like I was able to um, just really rely on my breath. Um, that takes me a long way when I can just breathe and slow down. Um, I don't know, just all the chaos of the world just tends to slow down a little bit for you. And it's not as overwhelming. Uh, I think this just kind of shows everybody. And by the way, if you get a ticket, as long as you're like not making things personal, meaning swearing at them and saying shit about their family and stuff, most guys that I've talked to can take it. But this does show you, and you're it's your right to boom if you whatever. That we I've always been told this. John Sally used to tell to me all the time on the best damn sports show period. He's like. Do you people realize when we are at home and playing and you start booing us, that does not help us. It does not help us. So if the goal is to try and win the game and we're doing our part, you, you do your part too. And it's, it was always an interesting thought. That is a good thought. It's the home side. And you, I think you showed up to the park to watch the team win and succeed and cheer and right. have a great time. If you went there to boo, I don't know, man. Stay home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, people will say, and I'm sure they'll put it in the chat, well, when are we supposed to boo? Like, what, at our TVs? Yeah, sure. You want to boo at your TV? It's just, don't for, don't forget. Boo the road team. Austin Hedges. Boo the road team. That's great. Yeah. It's fun. Boo the, boo the road team. That's what, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Just remember, these guys are humans, so they're going to hear it. And they're going to feel it. And so if you're, you know, we're all pulling same direction. Just a thought. Hey, everybody, I want to tell you a little bit about Launchpad. It is a reinvented baseball thumb guard designed for fit, feel, and performance. You see this bad boy? 
Unlike other thumb guards launch pad, it's asymmetrical. It is hand specific. It's kind of like your glove or your shoe for the best possible fit. And it has left and right handed models as well. Launch pad. It's a unique bat shaped channel that gives you an extra low profile shape, a natural rocking motion in your hand. Also plenty of protection against shock from the pitch that misses your barrel and jams you. And you always go, damn it. What happened? Well, no more of that. The channel has a central pivot point that rocks and cradles your bat. It kind of mimics the way your bat moves and feels when you aren't wearing a thumb guard. It's shaped to fit both the bat and your hand with a flush fit. It creates stability in your grip, protects your hand, optimizes performance. As a result, you're going to be able to make more direct connection with your bat to eliminate slack in your swing. Ultimately, when you fire your hands, your bat is going to launch immediately with maximum acceleration and force. So you're probably wondering, Rose, how the heck do I get my thumbs on this bad boy? Go to www.launchpadthumbguard.com to learn more. Try one out for yourself. Let me know how you do. You keep swinging it that way with this thing. Maybe I'll have you on the Rose rotation. Where were you when your former teammate, whom you adore, Jose Ramirez, turned into uh, a Golden Gloves boxer in front of our eyes. Hotel room. First thing pulled up on uh, on ESPN. And that was, that felt long overdue, I think. Uh, it's just Cleveland, Cleveland-Chicago rivalry is real, man. I mean, being there for, for three years, whenever we played the White Sox, it was just like, something was bound to happen. I'm honestly surprised something like this didn't happen earlier. There's just, I just, I just feel like those two teams just flat out don't like each other. Um, and it is hostile every single time. I feel like, like every time we go play on the South side, like, man, it is just, it's, it's a tough place to play. Uh, and, and we just, man, we just didn't really like, we're, we're both going for the division a lot. And uh, I don't know. I'm just not, I don't, I don't think, I don't think people have too many friends on either side there. Um, so when that happened, I was, I, it's wild that they did full fisticuffs, but, but I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised, like something similar to that hadn't happened before. Well, the way Jose said it afterward made it sound like, Tim Anderson's been saying shit to a bunch of young Cleveland players for a while, and Jose had had enough. That's the way it sounded. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll just he'll talk a lot. Um, you know, he said he said certain things that I'm not going to repeat, like passing by me playing him. It's just what he does. He just he just has something to say all the time, and for no reason, just. Things happen. He'll just he'll just say something, and just you know. I I really don't know Tim very well. I've just said hi to him uh, occasionally. Um, I have a feeling that if we were to take a straw poll of most major league players, my guess is is that not many are upset with Jose Ramirez. Do you think that's accurate? Yeah, I'd say. It's real close to 100%, probably, uh, run Team Jose. It's a little sad. That's the case. Sad. But Jose's the best. By the way, people don't know this. So Jose grew up uh, in the Dominican and used to play as a young teenager, 13, 14 years old, played in games with adults, and there were big-time gamblers that used to watch those games and would chase him home if he wouldn't get hits that would help them. So I don't think he's afraid of Tim Anderson squaring him up. No, he's not afraid of anything. He's His hands are – his palms are made of sandpaper. They're not the biggest hands, but they are the strongest damn hands you've seen, man. And nothing faces him. He's just the man. Jose's the man. I love that guy. Didn't you say he's the best player that you've played with? Yeah, he might be, dude. Like, no, I've never played with anyone better. 
It's I play with some watching Corey Seager right now is pretty special. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, Andrew McCutcheon's pretty damn good too. Um, right. But but Jose, the five, the, it's 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 just about as good of a five tool player as there is, man. It's true, true yeah, five tool player, and there's a lot of guys that are elite at the sport that are just they're four tool players, and he's just true, true five tool. Have you um, been in a big fight at the major league level? No, no, no fight. Just one terrifying interaction with Miguel Sano. Oh, really? Did we do this? I feel like we did this on uh, on a rose rotation a couple years ago. It was like 2021, Cal Quantrill pitching. <laughs> I not told you this. <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, my memories. You can, you, you, you can find this one online, too. So maybe Robbie can find. Uh, <laughs> it's me kind of looking tough, but never been more scared. So the inning before. We're up like three nothing, five nothing, something like that. Two outs, nobody on. Josh Donaldson swings at a three zero fastball and rolls it over. So both me and Cal say thank you. But like you know, it's a little shit talk. But it's like, why, why are you swinging at the three zero pitch down five, and getting jammed? So he's like, thank you. He says something, act like blah blah blah. Next inning, leadoff hitter is Sano. He comes up and he looks right at Cal and goes, hey. Stop talking shit. Shut your mouth. And I'm like, oh, God. Because he's the biggest man alive. And so, like, I'm, like, there, like, taking my mask. I'm like, hey be, hey, be cool, bro. Yeah, this is – I'm, like, trying to tell him to get in the box. I'm like, bro, like, come on. Like, be cool. Like, get in the box. He's like, hey, man, tell him to, like, stop. So it's now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just know so, – so what happens is – if you pause the video, Robbie, because he <laughs> the scare. So eventually gets back in the box, and Cal loves throwing sinkers into righties. And I'm like, I can't throw a first pitch sinker because if he misses arm side and hits him, I we're both dead. He's gonna use my body to kill Cal. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, first pitch slider, safe call. Okay, so we throw the first pitch slider, and he fouls it off. Right? I'm like, okay. He's like, I got to go sinker in now. Here we go. Got to go sinker in. Like, kind of nervous. I'm like, come on, Cal. Just don't miss arm side with it. Cal nuts it, jams him. Cal, being the psycho that he is, stares this dude down all the way down the first baseline. And then by the time Sano turns around to look at him, Cal, like, what, 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 what are you <laughs> And I'm still like, dude, Cal, shut up, bro. Like, I'm the one that has to go have your back. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing, Cal? Why are you doing that? He's too big. We don't want to fight him. So that was like, I was like, all right, if something happens, I, I don't know what I'm even going to do. I think I got to go for the legs, like ankles, legs. Yep. Yeah. It's like right? uh, Romine versus. They try me. to do tackling Derrick Henry, you know, like. Where you're not going up top, no, no, and I'm not going fisticuffs either. No, you're not, <laughs> and certainly you're not going to go southpaw if you're not a southpaw. That will just open you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did were guys like watching it in the clubhouse the next day? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. Big the, those things get people guys. We, we play a long season. When things like that happen, it's exciting. Gets the gets the juices flowing a little bit and makes everyone talk about what they would do in that situation that will probably never happen to them in their career. Unless you're Elvis Andrus, and it'll happen twice. Oh. So uh, Michelle is, is flying to meet me today. She does not like to fly, even when I'm holding her hand. She really won't do it if she's by herself. So she's asking me, She's texting me. Am I over Colorado right now? Because there's turbulence. And so I just have to let her know that, yes, you are. <laughs> that's that's a tough thing to be afraid of. That's hey, a little It's prevented a little us from taking some nice trips. I can tell you that. 
I was like, oh, it's breaking my heart. We've never gone to Europe together. She's like, no, I won't go until the kids are older. I was like, how much older do they need to be than 22 and 17? What are we going to wait like till a, 40? Like an Ambien or something to just knock her out. Yeah, Is go that... throw back some vodka sodas. Let's treat yeah. it like it's date night, girl. Yeah, you, you gotta, I think you got to get her drunk first. Probably. Like pre-flight. Like just blacked yeah. out walking through TSA. With <laughs> her in a wheelchair, just shit based. What happened to her? Nothing. She's just prepping for her flight. <laughs> She'll be fine. You know what the best news of all about your trade is? What's that? You probably didn't even look. You are going to Cleveland in mid September. Did you know this? I did know that. I was very excited. The return. Yeah. So the Austin Hedges video will get to be used. <laughs> if that happens, that would be so funny that I got one. I get one in Cleveland and got just nothing in San Diego. That'd be pretty funny. People love you there. I'm telling you, they miss you. I love them. I love them. Cleveland will always have, have a, a safe place in my heart, man. Um, first game, you made a, a quite an impression. You threw out Jazz Chisholm, didn't you? I did. Learned a new little footwork thing the day before. Very excited about it. Feel like I haven't been okay. uh, as good at uh, throwing out of the one knee stance as I used to out of the traditional stance. And uh, our uh, our catching guy here, Bobby Wilson's awesome, and uh, he kind of. Uh, Taught me this little new footwork thing where I, I raise my back knee up first, um, and then I'm essentially throwing out of more of a traditional stance. And it was awesome for it to for it to work right away. All right, is that former Mets catcher Bobby Wilson? Sure is. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Um, so you and I talked about the Pirate City connects, and you and I don't see those the same way. You can't. I'm. I mean, I know it's your new team and everything, and we're not here to crap on the marketing department. Come on, dude. What's up with those pants? Dude, they're tight. What? I there's really there's not a city connect I don't like. I baseball uniforms have been boring for a hundred years, bro. Friggin' like white with pinstripes and a logo. Like it's like, yeah, dude, give the people what they want. I'm watching the NBA games, and these guys have like infinite amounts of uniforms and shoes. And each time it's like, dude, those are sick and those are sick. It's like people like uniforms. Why do you, the only reason people like Oregon football is the uniforms. That's it. Otherwise, Oregon is probably irrelevant. Sorry, Oregon fans. But it's like, dude, uniforms are tight. Like, I think they should just get rid of all the normal uniforms, get rid of the whites and the grays and just like get creative. The color schemes don't even matter. I am all for. City Connect jerseys. I'm all for them, but I don't. It's seriously, it's like they asked the marketing intern to draw it up. I mean, what's wrong with it? I don't understand. What's wrong with it? You don't think it looks like a softball uniform? They all do. That's like the point of it, I guess. Like you added, it's no longer just white and gray pants. First of all, to me, it's like a Roman numeral. I feel like those, those are Super Bowl nine hats. That's what the, looks like to me no idea that it's a you see the the thing on the sleeve do you know what that is you see the sleeve on marcus's sleeve you see the peagle yeah it's called a peagle what the fuck is a peagle it's a panther eagle i thought they were messing with me bro dead ass serious it's a panther eagle oh yeah there's a lot of those flying around when you know when you think of texas rangers what do you think of Eagle. Panther Eagle, baby. Now you will forever. On, Look dude. at that thing. Don't know where they came up with it, but it's kind of tight. I'm in. I love it. Okay. Um, did you you had to wear your your pirates catcher's gear the first time yeah. you caught? Did you bring it like, and dude, put it in the overhead compartment? For that. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Just have my my royal blue gear that I had sitting around in Pittsburgh. So I went with that one instead of the black and yellow or the all yellow. So you're welcome. It could have been way worse. 
if we weren't up like 14 to nothing, like I wouldn't have had to go in and catch anyways. And then the next day I had my gear. So where did this come from? So do you put that in the overhead compartment on your flight there? Oh yeah, dude. I got, I'm at the airport with backpack, fanny pack, obviously, uh, suitcase, luggage, normal catcher's gear, clothes, like all the uniform stuff and baseball bat bag, which has 20 bats in it. Just where were you going today? Lugging through Pittsburgh's airport. Just being like, (laughs) um, did you talk to the person that you sat next to on the plane that day? What do you think, bro? Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm an idiot. How does that conversation go? So are you going to Texas Oh, no. I thought you would know. Absolutely not. Oh, What? Don't even look at me if you're sitting next to me on a flight. Oh, God. Mind your own business. You, dude, you would. Just like you want to throw dog shit in your own trash can. You want to talk to someone next to you on a flight? That's just like, I'll, I'll jump off that bird instead. Are you kidding me? I cannot believe this because you're the most, you talk to anybody in a stadium. Well, no. Well, when extrovert has to come out for his job, it comes out. But only a child spoiled kid that wants to internalize everything when he's by himself just wants to listen to his podcast, and I want the whole armrest. That's my armrest, okay? That's mine. You don't talk to me, and you move your damn elbow, okay? Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I'm very disappointed. Very disappointed. Do you talk? Come on. Don't act like you like having small talk with strangers. I just, you can feel it pretty early. Like, I'll talk to them if they want to be talked to. Like, I'll give you an example. But that means you always want to be talked to? Not always. Just sometimes. Not always. Just a little bit. Why? Your neighbors for a few hours. Yeah, but you want to, like, tell people about, like, you? Like, like. No, I like to find out about them. It's called content creation. I know about me. I'm boring. (laughs) No. Believe me. Yesterday. Ready for this? Yesterday, I was flying from New Jersey to Cleveland. Get on the plane. Woman sits next to me. We're talking, and she goes, Chris? I was like, yeah. She goes, Chris Rose. I was like, yeah. She's like, it's Julie Crystal. I was like, oh, my God, Julie. I hadn't seen her in probably easily maybe 25 years, possible 25 years. She married into a family that was my parents' best friend's family. That's who it was. She married one of the sons. And gave us a great opportunity to catch up. My goodness. So last time you saw her, you were like 40. Okay, fuck you. 40? She's older than I am. Oh, you are. Oh, God. All these nice things I say about you. And then you just <laughs> go least common denominator. Let's pick on his age. See if that one. So, well, I had to because you talk to people on planes. And that's like just a little Ooh, I get the chills thinking about it. Yeah. By the way, can I just tell you this? Every time I walk my dog now and she takes a shit, all I do is think about you as I pass by all the garbage cans and I go, I am not going to find my dog shit. Just throw, just get rid of Instead of holding your dog's poop, just throw it away. And then when the trash truck comes, it picks it up. All, all the poop but goes I, to the same place. Same place. Same, same dump. Okay. I almost did it. I almost did it because it was trash day. It wouldn't have been the day before the trash. It was trash day. So it was coming in mere hours. But I was like, nope, I am going to hold firm on my poop beliefs. Come on. You're, you got to try it one time. It's uh, it's just, it's not. Feels, feels not liberating. It is. It's liberating. Last thing before we get you out of here. Wiz Khalifa is a native Pittsburgh guy. And throughout the first pitch, and then told us afterward he did it while he was on shrooms. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Right? We got to meet him in the clubhouse. It was awesome. He was just 
chilling, having a great time. He was he was definitely having a great time. Apparently. Threw a decent pitch. He I don't know if you can, you can read his lips. So Mitch Keller is catching it and he looks at Mitch like right before he's about to throw and he goes, "Do what? Do you throw it to me?" He asked Mitch if he was supposed to throw it to him. And Mitch is like, no, no, th throw me the ball, bro. What? <laughs> you can see his Hard lip. Hard to tell on, that he was on true. Clip. Yeah, he's like, he's like, do I throw it to you? Oh, okay, yeah, I got you. Oh, my God. That oh, is yeah, a there great we go. picture. Great picture, right? I uh, oh. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Barucki, who's to my my left, uh, he got he made a uh, he made a Wiz Khalifa Pirates jersey that he got signed, uh, number four twenty, and then he was embarrassed to get a to get a, a vinyl signed. So he's like, "Hey, will you have? I don't want to get two autographs. Will you get it?" So I got the I got the second one done for him. Uh, but Wiz was awesome. That's pretty good. Who's the uh, Who's the biggest celebrity that you've met? Well, you know, coming into a clubhouse, anybody really good? Other than Wiz, Will Ferrell. Oh, Will great! Ferrell one. that that one spring training. Oh, when he played with the ten teams. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, I don't know if I can think of many others off the top of my head. John Cena is that big? big of course, one. it's a big one. John Cena, yeah. A man, Lil John. Okay. All good. There's been, a, there's been a decent, decent amount of pretty good ones. Joe Burrow. Oh right, yeah. Cincy, him, yeah. him, T, and Jamar all throughout the first pitch, and I got all their autographs on a baseball. Pretty stoked about that. that I feel like that's going to be pretty rare. Yeah, you should show that to Maley. Oh, I did. He knows. He was on the IL uh -huh. at that point, so he didn't get it. So I, I rubbed that in his face. Yeah. We uh we talked about you. I saw Maley about two weeks ago. He did our he did one of our um content pieces of the baby ball players. We didn't do that with the Pirates. We did something else with the Pirates. But he was terrible at the game. And <laughs> it was very funny because the comments were split on Maley. There were some people that loved him, thought he was hilarious. Because you know he's got that dry sense of humor, right? Yeah. And then they were like, "God, what a douche Luke Maley is!" Because they didn't get it. They didn't get, they didn't his get it. Thick. He's always he's always messing with you. Always. Yeah. Always. Cool. They were like, "God, I had no idea Luke Maley was such an asshole." <laughs> oh yeah, he's the best. <laughs> oh, he's funny. He is a funny, funny man. All right. Um, appreciate you catching up. Some good stories. And I, I do appreciate you because I can see how emotional that was for you about some of that stuff that happened in Pittsburgh. But um, I think it's important for people to hear what you guys go through. That's what we're about. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just, you know, nine humans playing playing a game. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, I'll talk to you during the stretch drive. This is going to be a fun battle between you and the Houstonians, I do believe. Yeah. Cruiser and Verlander, new ads. That's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I can't wait. Playoff run, baby. All I right, brother. And maybe we'll, uh, who knows, look for that video in Cleveland September 15th. If they haven't built the statue by then, don't take a first one. That's fair. On that one. That's fair. Okay. Uh, for our awesome producer, Robbie Scirocco, our fantastic summer intern, Alden Stone, and of the Texas Rangers, Austin Hedges. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.